0: Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. At C3, we exist to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. This message was first given as part of our teaching series at C3. So our reading for today is taken from Luke. It is Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. So if you want to open your Bibles, um, physical or digital, you can, but the scripture will be on the screen behind me as I read. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told.
1: Merry Christmas. It's great to see you. My name is uh, Pastor John. I'm the pastor here and at St. Mark's. Uh, two years ago... Uh, which is St. Mark's is two blocks from here, if you're not familiar. Uh, But two years ago, we printed the Christmas Eve bulletin. This was like before uh, Classic City was birth. And uh, in the bulletin, uh, it reminded me, as we were singing Away in a Manger, uh, because the song said, and this this went out to everybody in the church, it said, Away in a Manager. Easy spelling mistake, but a completely different idea That more describes today's workforce. Away in a manager, Anyways, I can't get that out of my head. Every time I seeing away in a manger, I see away in a manager. Uh, today's sermon title is called Peace on Earth. Peace on Earth. Um, I want to ask you a question. In a moment, you're going to see a picture on a screen, but we're going we're to hold that for a second. But I have a question for you. Do you know the history about Silent Night, the song Silent Night? Okay, we got one person. Did you know that it actually is a song based on real-life events from Mary and Joseph? So on the screen, you're going to actually see a picture of Mary and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem. And Joseph says, don't be mad. I said I was sorry. I should have made reservations. Talk to me, Mary. 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 And what does Mary answer? "I'm fine." And folks, that is the first silent night. Now if you've been Now, if you've been married long enough, you may have heard those words, "I'm fine," which you know, everything is not fine." I didn't know that early on in our marriage. But let's just say that Joseph wasn't uh, sent to the doghouse, he was actually sent to the stable instead. (laughs) Sorry, that's the last cheesy dad joke. All right, all right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But I was thinking about um, uh, Mary and Joseph, Uh, you can go ahead and take that slide down. Um, I was thinking about Mary and Joseph and actually how difficult it was for them on that first Christmas. Mary, a scared teenager who's been impregnated by the Holy Spirit, whatever that means, like for Mary at that time. Well, this is a new thing. Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Uh, is in her third trimester. So uh, for those who maybe have had a wife or you've been through your, your third trimester, that's the last time when you want to take a long journey. And so Mary travels 90 miles with Joseph, uh, either by a donkey or by foot or a combination of both, to an overcrowded Bethlehem where there is no room for them to stay. And so they have to stay in a place where, uh, it, where animals were kept. Joseph... Uh, is not the biological father of Jesus and is told that the Holy Spirit has made um, Mary pregnant. And I'm sure Joseph was like, "Uh uh-huh, sure, I would have needed that that angel encounter also. It also comes into into a time where the Roman Empire was ruling the world through bloodshed, through force, Uh, the the tyrant Caesar Augustus, this comes to us um, not in a very peaceful moment. There's nothing peaceful. And then there's the actual birth itself, which I've been there twice in the room. It's anything but peaceful. And I didn't even give, I wasn't even there. I was just the cheerleader on the day, right? There's a lot of things in our passage that is not peaceful. And yet the Bible describes this evening as the prince of peace being born into our world is that that peace was birthed that evening. The angel said, it's good news. Peace is here on whom his favor rests. My question for us today, this morning, it's not evening yet. My question for us this morning is, what would bring peace for you this Christmas? Think about that just for a moment. What would bring peace to your life right now? If you could ask Jesus for anything, what would bring you peace right now? I took a survey of a few people in our, uh, uh, here and at St. Mark's, and here's just a few of the different answers. One says, Peace is sitting by our Christmas tree in front of a cozy fire with coffee and a Bible in hand, acknowledging that God is in control of all circumstances. Another person answered, uh, time to enjoy the day and not think about the to-do lists and to be deeply able to trust our God for provision and for healing. One person was uh, pro- uh, happy to say that I have found joy this Christmas season and uh, we are at peace because our kids are healthy and our family is healthy. We enjoy and look forward to actually seeing our extended family. I know that there are some that maybe don't um, always look forward to seeing their extended family. Um, they are planning ahead, which they find peaceful. They are not going into debt. They are truly recognizing how blessed they are in the position they are to be blessed and to bless other people. That was a cool answer. And another person answered, that peace would look like that we'd be able to wake up um, to loving and respecting each other, even though we don't all share the same philosophies, doctrines, and opinions in our world. For me personally, it would look like on Christmas Day, if if I cooked a meal, or my wife and I cooked a meal where my kids actually ate it, and they didn't throw it on the floor, and then we would have to make something different. Peace all looks differently to each and every one of us, but peace is a word that we use quite loosely. Um, it's a peace that, or it, we use it to describe a non-anxious state of mind. Um, we can talk about it as a, maybe a quiet place, like I need some peace and quiet. Sometimes you do just need some peace and quiet. Or we can describe it as a, um, a time when there's no war going on in our country or in the world, that we can be at peace with one another and not at war. But the difficulty, and no matter how peaceful it is, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be something that seems to creep out of nowhere, whether it's economies crashing, political leaders that let us down or disappoint us, or wars that seem to rage. Peace in our lives sometimes seems so elusive. It seems out of grasp. How can we achieve this peace? And peace is such an interesting topic. As we think about the Prince of Peace, Jesus, being born into Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. If you know where Bethlehem is today, Bethlehem lies in modern-day Palestine in the West Bank. It is war-torn between the Hamas and Israel right now. And I there was just a couple of images that were going around uh, on the news and on social media. And I saw these two and I really felt like, it just was like, this is the place where the Prince of Peace was born and yet it's so far from peace. Go ahead and show the first picture. So on your left, that is a picture of, um, it's a Roman, uh, or sorry, not Roman. It's a Russian um, Orthodox, Um, icon picture of Mary and baby Jesus and on the right is a Palestinian woman uh, with her child and you can kind of kind of see the the rubble that's falling in the background and how difficult it is in the place of Bethlehem right now. If you uh, go to the next picture this is actually a picture from uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church that's in Bethlehem right now. So they actually, uh, the pastor and some of the congregation went out and they gathered some of the rubble from some of the bombs that went off. Uh, and they actually gathered some of the rubble and they created a manger scene and they placed baby Jesus among the, the, the manger scene. And, and actually what uh, that church had to do and a lot of different churches had to do uh, in Palestine this year is they canceled all Christmas Eve services. Uh, that it wasn't—it was too dangerous to go out uh, and to have uh, to celebrate Christmas this year. That's kind of the the kind of the feel that the war is giving. And It was interesting in, a, in an interview with the pastor. He said that even though that that we can't physically meet, that Christmas will still be celebrated in our prayers and in our hope to come. I thought that was really kind of uh, courageous words by the pastor. Um, You can go ahead and take that um, image down. But for us, I guess the question is, for us is, is is peace just a far-off ideal or can it be a reality in our world today? What is peace? Is it achievable? And can we live in peace with one another? In the Bible, we find uh, two basic words for peace. Uh, In the Old Testament... Uh, that's the time before Jesus. The word for peace is shalom. It's a Hebrew word, and in the New Testament, it's Greek, and it's it's the word arene. Uh, which we use for peace. But the word shalom uh, means much, much more than a, a feeling of peace that's just in your heart. It, it's, shalom means, uh, it, it's a loaded word, but it means wholeness. It means harmony. It's like having a stone wall. If you can imagine a stone wall where there's not a single defect in the wall, that's the picture that the Bible gives us. Of shalom, that it's it's the picture of Genesis one and two when Jesus or when God created the entire earth, right? And and there was harmony, right? There was harmony in all creation. That there was no uh, chaos, there was no disruptions, there was no uh, difficulties, there was no conflicts between uh, humans and God and humans and other humans. That creation was in that state of shalom. That it was perfect. But then we know that Genesis 3 comes, that sin enters our world and so does chaos, destruction, interruptions to our life. God raised up a people called Israel and they were to not only experience God's shalom, his peace, but they were to bring shalom to our world. But Israel lived selfishly. They neglected the poor. They deprived the innocent of their rights. Their feet rushed to do evil things. And they lived to to worship false gods. Rather than bringing peace to earth, they added more to the curse and to the destruction of the world around them. And then as they were ready to go off and be um, prisoners in another country, as they were going into exile, the Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet prophesies, this is 700 years before the birth of Jesus. He prophesied that a prince of peace would be born in our world and that his shalom would have no end. And it was on that first Christmas day when the prince of peace was born That Jesus was born and the angels announced, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth his peace, that's irene to those whom his favor rests. It was 2,000 years ago that the Prince of Peace became a king, not born in a palace, but in a stable in Bethlehem. The backdrop again to all of this is while the tyrant Caesar Augustus, Is proclaiming peace by military force and submission. But Jesus offers us a different way to peace through submission and sacrifice. Rome's peace came by shedding of other people's blood. Jesus' peace came by shedding his own blood, blood on the cross. And it was through his life, his death, and his resurrection that Jesus birthed a new shalom that would bring reconciliation and restoration to our world between humans and God and between humans uh, and one another. And it's through God's Spirit that we can experience peace today. That the presence of Jesus is available to us by the presence of the Holy Spirit right now in our lives. And the fruit of the Spirit that he produces is peace. That no matter what difficulties we face, no matter what's going on in our lives, that God can have this deep inner peace in our lives. That we can experience his presence and we can cling to the hope of his promise and that Jesus will have the final say in our lives. That's why the apostle Paul, while rotting rotting in a jail cell, could write these words. He could write, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That we can experience peace in the midst of difficult circumstances in our lives. But peace on earth is not something that we are just to receive our lives into our lives. It's not something that we're just to consume, but we are to be peacemakers into our lives. We are to bring God's shalom into our very broken world. And you think about God, that God didn't, act, God didn't just sit on his throne in heaven and just say, hey guys, let there be peace. That God left his throne and came in the person of Jesus, moved into the neighborhood, and he came and walked amongst us to bring his peace on earth. So my question for us this morning is, are we being peacekeepers Or are we being peacemakers? Now, at face value, these two things look very similar. But they're actually very different. Are we being a peacekeeper or are we being a peacemaker? A peacekeeper is somebody who is in a passive state. Uh, It means avoiding conflict, tensions, and awkward conversations that really we would rather not have in our lives, Peacekeepers live in a state of denial or acceptance of that's just the way it's going to be. They're not willing to ruffle any feathers. Peacemakers, on the other hand, they're the ones who run towards the tensions and conflicts in our world to bring reconciliation, forgiveness, healing, and justice. The, word, the biblical word for justice means to put things the way that they're meant to be, the way that God created them to be. True peace is not the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking actually what was broken and restoring it to wholeness. Our lives, in our relationships, and to the world. If you want to be a peacemaker, it means that you can't avoid painful situations for your life. You can't just avoid uh, conflict, you can't just sweep it under the rug. If you want to find peace in your life, you've got to run towards the situations that are broken in our lives to bring God's shalom, his peace, and to um, bring love and justice and peace and wholeness to those. We will never find peace in our marriages if we deny our problems. That actually, it's engaging those conflicts and working them out. And if you want a textbook on this, look to Matthew chapter 18. There's a whole section on how do we deal with these conflicts with one another. But by just avoiding things, saying everything's all right, I'm going to keep it as it is, that will not bring true peace into our marriage. It won't work by uh, avoiding your boss with problems. Eventually, if you want to have peace in your job, you've got to be able to have those conversations that bring healing and restoration. It's the same thing with those things um, in our extended family or those other relationships. We have to try and seek out peace in our lives. We have to seek um, reconciliation between each other and receiving God's forgiveness into our lives. Jesus was a peacemaker, and he wasn't wishy-washy about avoiding conflict. I was reminded about Jesus who uh, brought justice to the poor, to the widow, to the oppressed, the forgotten, the lowly. Jesus had no problem confronting the hypocritical uh, religious leaders of his day. That peace to Jesus looked like stooping down to wash his disciples' feet, even though that he knew that they were all going to abandon him and Judas was going to betray him. His peace came when he eventually, when he gave his life on the cross for you and for me to restore the relationship between God and man. On the screen, you're gonna see a piece of Japanese artwork. Um, The name for this artwork is called Kintsugi. I think that's my best Japanese pronunciation of it. I haven't practiced a lot of Japanese. But what the, the word means is golden joinery. And what I love about this uh, picture is that uh, what the Japanese do is when a vase breaks or a piece of pottery breaks or, or something breaks like this, what they do is they take like this, uh, this glue adhesive and they mix it with gold or silver or platinum and they mix it all together and what they do is they actually, they piece it back together And what's interesting about this is you would think when you take a a pot or or something like this that that breaks or a piece, you want to kind of like glue it and you want to hide all the cracks and all the faults so that you don't really see anything about that, right? You kind of just, if it's savable, right? Well, there's two things that we do. Number one, we would throw it in the trash, right? Just go out and we'll buy another one. Order it from Ikea, hit the button on Amazon, right? One click, get it in. There we go. New brand, good as new. But the Japanese, they, they glue this together. And what's awesome is they don't just hide the cracks, but they use this gold or, or what, uh, these, these beautiful elements to actually make it more beautiful than it was in the beginning. That is a picture of what God does in her, our lives. That, that Think about it, that, that our relationships, when we find forgiveness and we find reconciliation, they're not just as they were before, our relationships are actually stronger on the other side of finding forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Our marriages actually become stronger when we find forgiveness in Jesus, when we find forgiveness with one another in those things. They're more beautiful than what they were before. That Jesus, even through his death and his resurrection and his promised return, isn't just sitting, he's not just hitting the reset button on his creation. So all you guys think that we're going to just be in the Garden of Eden, not wearing any clothes again, I'm sorry to break the news to you. But the good news is it's going to be better than what it is before. Creation itself is a new creation, and Jesus will make all things new, and it will be more beautiful than it was before. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but it is the hard work of reconciliation. We think peace is easy, as a present underneath the tree, a peace offering to somebody. Or maybe you think it's escaping to somewhere exotic and lying on the beach into a destination. For some of us, we think that our world thinks that that peace is found in an enlightened state of mind, in a yoga pose with some deep breathing. But peace only comes through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And it was on that first Christmas morning, the Prince of Peace came into our world. He made peace not through physical force, but through the sacrificial suffering and glad surrender through his death and resurrection. Peace on earth was made possible because God actively became a peacemaker to give his life in the exchange of ours. Forgiveness is possible. Restored relationships are possible and achievable. Peace is ultimately found because there is reconciliation between God and man. And Jesus calls us to follow his example as his disciples. The word disciple means student or follower, that we're to be his apprentices, and we are to bring his shalom into our very broken and dark world today. So this Christmas... I'm going to ask you this again. Are you a peacekeeper or will you be a peacemaker? Will you follow Jesus' example? In a minute, we're just going to watch a Christmas video and just it kind of sums up everything I said today. But I wanted to leave us this Christmas with the words of Henry Nouwen, who was a famous um, Christian writer and speaker. Henry Nouwen says this about peace. He says, keep your eyes on the Prince of Peace, the one who does not cling to his divine power, the one who refuses to turn stones into bread, jump from great heights, and rule with great power, the one who touches and heals the lame, crippled, and blind, the one who speaks words of forgiveness and encouragement, Keep your eyes on him who becomes poor with the poor, weak with the weak. He is the source of all peace.
0: We hope that this message helps you to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Connect with us at classiccitychurch.org.